welcome back to the No Clue Podcast, episode 169. We are back. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler, and we're back with Super Super Bowl. Bowl. What is this? 56? I think. I'm not. I don't want to be wrong. (laughs) Anyway, Super Bowl 2022. Roman numerals be throwing me off. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Me too. Super Bowl 2022. Um, The Rams. Are you champions? Yeah. Uh, Matt Stafford, Odell, Aaron Donald. Um, I've never seen a more like team performance that earned a lot of individual credit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I every every player that you could have had reservations about responded in this game for the Rams. Yeah. With the, yeah, actually the exception of one. Uh. Yeah. But before I get to that, I'll, I'm gonna keep it positive. I mean, Donald, Aaron Donald was just a force. He stepped up. Force. He I mean, Cooper up. Cup did exactly what he did all year. Stepped up. Yeah. I mean, Stafford. I thought Stafford, like even when mistakes started happening, never lost composure. No, he didn't. He didn't. And you felt, and this is why we were so high on Joe Burrow is because even though he was essentially a first-year guy, he looked more composed than every quarterback he faced. Yeah. This was the one time where I thought Stafford showed a little bit of the experience that should have been an advantage throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yep. Um. <clears throat> you know what was weird about watching this game? What? I'm I'm watching both of these teams and I'm like, yo, like neither of them are really favorites to have to be a great team next year. I agree. Cuz a lot of them neither of their like models for success are sustainable. No. Because the Rams, I mean, McVay's talking about retiring, Donald's talking about retiring. They lost Odell for probably most of next year. The like the it, hunger to prove yourself is not going to be there. But if they don't have Donald next year, it's a wrap. Teams, the team sucks. If they don't I have think Donald so too. Next year, to me, I, I don't yeah. know about sucks. I, I think they're still they still got a lot of talent. To me, if McVeigh leaves, if McVeigh yeah. leaves, the the energy of this team, like I just I don't know how they could possibly keep it as high as they have. I I think. I think Donald's energy is more important. That's I think if, fair. I think if they lose Donald and they keep McVeigh, they have a rough time next year, man. I mean, not because the team's not good. The team is still good. So let me not disrespect them by saying they suck. But I think that their record may look like they suck if they don't have Donald. Because in this game, they would have lost this game easily. Yeah. Regardless of who's coaching. For sure. And it's, it's just weird because... Like, normally in the NFL, you can't depend on star power and win games. Right, especially defensive star power. Right. And yeah. that's that's kind of how they made the playoff. The entire playoff run was stars stepped up and, and had MVP performances. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's just, it's hard for me to picture, like, Cooper Cup being wide fucking open all the time again next year. Right. Right. It's hard for me... You know, I don't know how what kind of weapons they're going to have beyond Cooper Cup. Right. 
and and you saw, I mean, they couldn't. They had no running game whatsoever. No, they didn't. None and no creativity. This is why San Francisco, to me, had a lot of success against them in the past. Yeah, I just yeah. like McVeigh for for as creative as as seemingly like innovative as he is. A lot of times they don't adjust when they struggle. Right, not quick enough, at least. Yeah, and again, this game they really didn't make any kind of play adjustment. It's just again, Donald stepped up, Cooper Cup, mm-hmm. and Stafford stepped up. Their their adjustment is for Donald to be more aggressive. That is the adjustment. Because when they can't run, okay, now our stops are going to be more emphatic, and that's going to change the game. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, Akers was – he averaged 1.6 yards per carry. Man, he was going nowhere. Like, before he got to nowhere, you could tell he was going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And he had a monster game the game before. I know. So, yeah. Von Miller was another guy who stepped up, made a lot of plays. He did, uh, yeah. They had another lineman who, I don't remember his name, but, like, every time the Bengals ran the ball, he was all over that shit. I, I, I remember, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember who it was either. And they even brought him up, like, yo, every time the Bengals are running the ball, he's just there. Like, he's making plays. Yeah. And it, it was noticeable every time because the Bengals also struggled to run the ball a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of their game? What did you think of the Bengals in this one? I don't think the Bengals played bad. I just think they seemed... They didn't kick that next gear to me. Like, I, I think they... Somehow they made it look easy throughout these playoffs, in my opinion. Even the hard games, Joe Burrow found a way to make it look so smooth... You know, he's the best swag probably on earth right now. He made everything look so smooth. The team all of a sudden would step up in the big moments. They were clutch. And this game, it just, it didn't look like a Super Bowl level effort. I think the Rams, especially the defense, stepped up to the next gear for them to play Super Bowl level defense. And I don't think Cincinnati did that on offense. I, I just don't. You know, it's um, funny. I mean, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I just think um, the Bengals, again, first time they showed their youth. Yeah. Because to me, early on, you could see the game plan like, yo, we're not going to be able to protect Burrow, so we're going to like make him play like Brady, right? Quick dump downs, quick passes. Yeah. And the game was even, which, which seemed to like – which almost seemed to like stress out the offense for the Bengals, because mm-hmm. as the game progressed, the moment they hit the the big play on Ramsey, um, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden they're back to trying to fucking throw bombs. They're Burrow's holding the ball. I'm like, dude, you haven't been able to block Donald all day. You haven't been able to block Von Miller all day. Like yep. you're you're putting yourself in a, in harm's way by trying to hold the ball to make big plays, right? Which is how they've succeeded all year. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching the game and I'm like, yo, you get the you know kind of fluky touch, big touchdown. You get kind of a fluky pick. You have the momentum, right? 
like this game, you really would have been fine at least at least getting a couple first downs, getting a couple field goals. Yep. But as the game progressed, you get late in the game, their last drive, you know, they one yard and you can't get it. Yep. Because Burrow was like waiting for guys to get open. I'm like, dude, you don't have the time to wait. Nope. So that that was tough to watch for me. I just thought like the Rams again having the experience of playing in one a couple years back just it just showed to me. Yeah, and even even experience aside, they have all big, you know, clutch guys. You know, I know Stafford. I, I may not call him clutch, but we know Cup is clutch. We know Acres and even Sony Michelle is clutch. We know the defense is clutch. We know Odell does spectacular things, even though he wasn't in there. You know, certain moments, he started the game out doing spectacular things. So on his yeah. way to an MVP, by the way. Yeah, I to me, to me, I those forget how fast he is. Man. I know his first couple catches. Since... I'm like, dude, if if the Bengals don't clean that up, he's on his way to that MVP trophy. Yeah, that first one when he, I mean, he was moving that first that first catch. I, I was know. shocked. I know. I shouldn't say shocked. I just forgot. He was like that, but yeah. yeah. And the one catch, the one catch was where the dude literally like hit the ball. I'm pretty sure it was a touchdown catch. Yeah, he's literally like trying to swipe the ball out his hands, and he has the strength to hold on to that. Yeah, I I could tell you, I don't know whose fault it was, but he wasn't that strong when Baker was throwing him the ball. That's true. So I I don't That's know true. who to blame, but. It just shows the difference an, envir- an environment change can make. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm happy for him, even though he left us, left the Giants. But I'm happy Odell That, that had to him. happen. It did. It did. It's okay. Uh, I will say it's the okay. Bengals, I mean, similar to the, 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 the same things that the Chiefs had to go through, you're putting your – like future your potential dynasty in your quarterback's hands yeah he can't take seven fucking sacks he can't take nine sacks like that's what the fuck yeah that yeah. that just can't ha- i don't care if you're playing aaron donald i don't like the titans didn't have an aaron donald and you couldn't nope. protect him to save your life right it just right. even if he's not injury prone moving forward you're he's gonna get hurt yeah. I mean, yeah. 51 sacks during the year. That's insane. Right. He came, he came off of season-ending surgery, and he's not being protected. Yeah. That's just that's tough to watch, to be honest. So that's by far their biggest priority. I agree. Because their agree. weapons are only going to get better. They are. They're all, you know, good age. They got, they got a good team. The team yeah. is good. I think yeah. they get maybe one more weapon here or there, and you know, a couple free agents. That'd be set. I'm kind of salty. I'm kind of salty because uh, the division they play in, like like the Steelers are gonna be average for a couple years. We can't trust Cleveland. Oh. Whatever the fuck they got going on, and definitely if can't you, trust Cleveland. Right, and if you'd asked me before the year, I'm like, you know, now that Pittsburgh isn't great. Uh, Lamar Jackson's division every year. We're going to the playoffs. Yeah. Now the Bengals make that sh- that's so difficult. Yeah, they do. 
Now you got it. Now I thought finally this division would ease up. Lamar could kind of you know do what Dak does a little bit and have six free games. Right. Unfortunately, the Bengals said, "Nah, look, we're contenders now." Yeah, yeah, they do. That's a good point too. Um, don't sleep on the Steelers, man. I mean, you never know what quarterback they get. It might no, be. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna sleep on Mike Tomlin for sure. Yeah, their quarter, the respect that Tomlin has in this league. I can't think of a quarterback who, you know, wouldn't want to play there. You know. Yeah. And there's free agents they could sign. Like, to be honest with you, I don't think this year he'll be a free agent, but Kirk Cousins would be perfect perfect for them. Yeah. I think he's yeah. good enough to take them to the playoffs every year. He's good enough to even win playoff games mm-hmm. multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Last point about the Super Bowl, because we've been mostly positive. <laughs> a lot of positions, a lot of players had, like, a good big day. Yeah, cornerbacks. No, no, they didn't. Neither Jalen, Jalen Ramsey, who was supposed to be a star, like looked awful. It's always funny to me when Jalen Ramsey gets beat bad, and he like looks so like man. I should have had that kind of yeah. Like bro, you just got smoked. Like (laughs) all it is, people get smoked sometimes. It's okay. And bro, on that touchdown, the big touchdown. Yeah, you got hit in the face, but we're not selling that at that point of the game. Right. You're on an island with a big play receiver, and you decide to trust the ref? Right. I mean, that's that's you're putting yourself in a bad spot there to me. I, again, to me, he should have got a call, but I'm not mm-hmm. surprised at all that he didn't. Right. And, and right. the guy on the other side, Eli Apple who apparently was talking shit before the game, you going up against you going up against the guy who had the greatest ye- single year ever. Yeah. Like you, he you broke gotta like let five you, records. You year. gotta let your game do the talking. Yeah. This happened it, a number of years ago with uh I think it was the Jaguars or the Titans called out Tom Brady before playing him. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah. That to yeah. me, I saw him get roasted at like the day, the following day, and I was like, bro, you deserve everything you're getting right now. He was getting roasted bad, too. Yeah, it was tough. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. Man, it's just like cornerbacks are just doing dumb shit all day. Mm hmm. That was so weird because everybody else is playing so well. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was kind of a mid-level energy game to me. Like I, I thought the game would be a little more intense than it was, scoring-wise at least. But man, it was entertaining, very, very entertaining. Yeah, yeah. And it showed. I, I thought most people were confident that this was a toss-up game. Mm-hmm. And it showed that these teams could go toe to toe with each other. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Um, halftime. You want to get uh, into that? Is that sports? Yes. I mean, it's part of the sport event. Yeah. Um, what'd you think? Dre, Snoop, Fifty, Kendrick, and I mostly loved it. 
Okay. I mostly loved it. I will say too many artists. Mm. Oh, too and many. Mary J. Blige. Sorry, I didn't say right. that. Mary J. Uh, and for for me personally, Kendrick and Mary J. Blige like didn't really fit the rest of the vibe. They could have stayed home, yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm not mad if, you know, to me the other guys like have a history of making hits together. Uh, Dre brought up a lot of those guys. Snoop Dogg came up along with Dre. Yeah. Like, there's just a history there. And 50 Cent, being a surprise guest, fits right in. Yeah. Fits right in. And as, as soon as he came out, I'm like, of course it's that song. Great choice. I love how he's performing it. Yeah, he doesn't look fucking like he did 20 years ago. <laughs> I mean, the fact that people were clowning that him for so that. That was so wrong. Like, so wrong. Yeah, I'm like, dude, he's still performing it well. It's not like he didn't sound... At least, I, like you said, I couldn't understand a word Kendrick was saying. <laughs> right, exactly. I understood everything 50 said. 50 not just because out. I know the words. Right. I just... like He brought me back to the, like, the glory days of his fucking album. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, mostly I thought it was great. Few too many artists. I thought Eminem could have used another song. Mm-hmm. I thought Dr. Dre could have threw out... Dre and Snoop could have put out, like, two other tracks, honestly. I know. Not doing nothing but a G thing is just strange. Yeah. I mean, Seeing them together and not doing that. Honestly, I thought as the performance went on and once Snoop and Dre came back, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, they could have easily carried the show on their own. Yeah, they could have. I mean, Eminem only mostly fit in. Eminem and 50 Cent mostly fit in because their hits are just so great. Yeah. But again, I could have easily done with just Drake and Snoop songs. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's just they would have had to censor a lot of shit. That's probably the only reason why he didn't do that. And they told them they can't talk about the police. So right. People were saying, well, why didn't Ice Cube come out? Well, I don't think Ice Cube has a single verse in his life that doesn't no. talk about the police. No, and the fuck, <laughs> and his like hits, his 90s, hell no. Yeah. The ones with Dre are all about the police. Against the police, so yeah, yeah. I mean, Kendrick couldn't even say his the line, and we hate the popo line. Right? Couldn't even. They didn't even let him say that. So, yeah, I I, I agree with everything you said. I could have did without Kendrick, Mary J. Although she did good, didn't need it. It didn't need it. It just I think, didn't fit with the rest of the performance to me. And I'm not saying. I mean, if people listen to the podcast. I'm not saying this because I love the game, but they missed the how we do moment opportunity for real. Like that would have been stadium would have went crazy. That would have been perfect. As soon as Fifty came down from the ceiling, and you know that beginning came on, and Dre played that on the piano, it would have went nuts. Game could have came out the stands. You know he was probably there. L.A. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say seeing and you know obviously lose yourself was a childhood favorite, mm-hmm. but I, I as far as like unanimous songs that most people know and love, yeah, I mean the energy just went to a different level when he started it. Yeah, it did. And it's it like did. like everybody in the fucking stadium knows the lyrics to that song. <laughs> right, right. Like I can't they think of a can't more... say most of the lyrics that Drain's Snoop say. Right, right, um, but. <laughs> I can't think of a more unanimous, like more uh, like mainstream known rap song than mm-hmm. "Lose Yourself." Yeah, 
Yeah. So uh, that was a great. It was again. I I loved it, man. Brought me back to a lot of the, a lot of my favorite hits as a kid. Yeah. It was good. I I think I liked how they fit Marianne. Like I said, I didn't need it, but Kendrick was definitely forced in in my opinion. You know what else I liked? I liked the stage setup with the, like the different kind of rooms. Yeah. The train I thought. With the, yeah. Yeah, I thought Mary J fit great. Everybody who was in that fit like you know. Again, maybe it's too many artists, but you fitting the the environment, kind of the vibe of the performance. Yeah. They go to Kendrick, and it's like so like separate. Completely separate. So separate. He's like giving a little weekend performance. You know, like yeah. very individual, very um, a lot of stuff going on on the stage. Yeah, I just like you're not. That's not you. Like yeah, his music to me is not like insane, over the top performance based. No, I I think he could have. It would have been cooler to me if he like recreated the cover of "To Pimp a Butterfly" with all the guys outside the White House thing. Yeah, that would have been hard. Like, but in the train thing, like with a bunch of people just vibing to all right but the whole military thing i like he likes doing that a lot and those those characters are from meteor man which is a movie that came out in the 90s or 80s or something i mean i i really liked the movie i just don't know when it came out but it was just kind of a weird wasn't a good reference for the situation it just i wasn't. wouldn't have to be honest i wouldn't have picked all right if i'm picking a song to play at super bowl halftime show Nah, me either but it's it's kind of, it's supposed to be an anthem for the for you I know, get it I get it L A thing we we're not from L A so we can't right. speak on the anthems but I'm with you I wouldn't have picked all right either but that that shocked me I'm like is he playing all right like dude you could have killed with any of the hits from damn yeah humble any of would, those dude humble would have went crazy. With Dre playing it on the piano. Bro, so easy. That would have made sense, right? So easy. The crowd have been going nuts. The crowd would have went bananas. As soon as they heard that piano, man, they would have went crazy. So, anyway, good show. I liked it. Can't yeah. wait to see what they do next. Um, I guess Jay-Z is going more with like a... Since he, I guess... Um, curates the halftime shows. I guess he's going with like a location kind of centric thing. Seems like. I like that. Because Miami was very Latinx. Yeah. This was, you know, LA was LA hip hop. <clears throat> Dr. Dre, so. I don't know where the next Super Bowl is. Do you know? I have no idea now. I don't even know when they announce it, so. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm definitely... Definitely interested, though, for sure. Honestly, I think I, w I would like to see more uh, big city Super Bowl locations. Me too. I thought as the game went on, like, just big plays, the crowd was going crazy. Because I, I was anticipating a lot of L.A. support, mm -hmm. and that really wasn't the case. Yeah, that's why I said that. When when we were talking about that, I'm like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think L.A. is going to really beat them that much with the support because it's really not like a historic LA you know right 
Yeah, yeah man, I, I kept seeing Donald hyping up the crowd, and I was like, dude, like, the volume is not, you're not in Seattle, bro. <laughs> right. right. Like, if Russell Wilson does that in Seattle, nuts. Yeah. A lot of places, dude does that, even in other other people's arenas. But in, in this situation, I just thought the game was very even. I thought the fans were very even. It was a good Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. Let's get into sports. I mean, well, we're in sports, but let's get into hoops. Back into sports. Um, NBA. We talked about the trade deadline, all the new trades. Yes. All the guys on new teams. We got to see our first uh, matchup of, you know, new, newly formed teams with Brooklyn and Sacramento. I want to make a point mm-hmm. about Brooklyn because... Sacramento, I need to see more of. I, I think yeah. the 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 energy looks a lot better. Mm-hmm. The direction looks a lot better, which is something we haven't been able to say for them in a long time. Yeah. But they've done this before. Mm-hmm. They've come out. They've started years, you know, like on a positive note, play, seeming, you know, uh, Fox is playing at a potentially all-star level. They've had bigs who've given them 20 good games and then didn't exist the rest of the season. Uh, <laughs> but again, I, I just, I don't trust it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with I don't you trust, I don't you. trust Harrison Barnes puts up 30. I don't trust it. Never. Like, I've seen it. Harrison Barnes has been there for a long time now. Yeah. So we know, yeah. we know he could get off, but he's. He could also not again disappear in the next game. So I just I got. I think Harrison Barnes also has a problem like being two way every night. It's like it's either offense or it's defense. Like he either he straps the, the whole games, yeah, or he scores thirty. He but deserves never a lot of the criticism that Wiggins used to get. Mm, yeah, like, dude, except he just wasn't number one pick. Right, he didn't have the yeah. standard Wiggins had, but like. It's that same, like, dude, you're one of the best players on the court. I'm tired of watching you not play like it. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, Very but, good point. But Brooklyn, um, we we were kind of excessively positive on them. Based, you, based trade-wise? Based off of the trade, yes. Okay. I want to make the point <clears throat> that while we're very excited for their potential... They're at best the sixth best team in the conference right now. <laughs> Without Ben and KD, you mean? KD could get healthy tomorrow. I wouldn't change uh-huh. my ranking on them. Oh, okay. This is my problem. Okay. What's that? Um, Ben arrives. We're we're he's talking about potentially um debuting against his team mm-hmm. on March tenth. Yeah. Three weeks, a month, essentially? <laughs> yeah. Of, of what? Of you getting in shape? What the fuck have you been doing? <laughs> right? I mean, honestly, bro, I don't want to hear nothing about the BS excuses he was giving out to start the year. Yeah. Like, you, you don't you don't behave that way. And then make it seem like like those weren't excuses. I was really just missing time. Like obviously, you didn't want to play there. People were saying 
it would be problematic if he came back immediately because he used mental health as the reason he was out. But I'm gonna be honest, man. I'm perfectly okay with him doing that. Like I, I know I'm, I'm not someone who struggles with mental health maybe as much as others. And I'm not saying not to offend anyone, but yo, if he had, if he said he was using mental health and all of a sudden he doesn't have it, I wouldn't care at all. Like I, I, mean, I it would the be whole fine. Point with me. of his problems. Mind. The whole point of his problems was the fact that he was in a situation he hated. Right. You know, again, like you said, I don't want to discredit like any of those concerns, mm-hmm. but you got what you wanted. <laughs> Let's and go you, now. And you're not ready to to do your job? Yeah. Like and and you know what other, what else bothers me is that this has become a trend. Mm-hmm. This like this because I'm not playing games, I'm not in game shape. Yeah, that... bro, bro. You mentioned the guy when we were talking earlier today. Clay Thompson missed two fucking years. Mm-hmm. He, I didn't see any lack of shape when he got back into the fucking game. He started. He dunked on everybody. He He's played longer on both than ends. he was supposed to play. Yeah, and bro, played longer than he was said he was gonna play. Like this notion that the the league is trying to like they're they're trying so hard to be player friendly, but it's getting out of hand. Wall missed three seasons, right? Yeah, or two, and he came out the gates looking like a top ten point guard. All I know like, <laughs> immediately. I this nonsense these guys do with like I gotta like I gotta get reps in with the G League. I gotta practice for like a month and a half. Like what? Lance Stevenson gets off the couch and it gets a triple double, like, <laughs> like he was at home watching the games and he comes out and like gets thirty. Like we can't. What are we talking about? I know. And and Harden, Harden, the flip side of the trade. He's out for All Star break. He his hamstring wasn't a joke then why the fuck are we seeing clips of him in practice with no limitations whatsoever? Full contact. He's fucking teaching uh, and beat his step back, but his hamstring is fucked up. <laughs> last I checked, last I checked, anytime my hamstring hurt, I couldn't hit a fucking step back. That's like the one move you can't do with the best of hands. <laughs> He's he's playing in practice with no limitations whatsoever, but we're supposed yeah. to believe that he's actually hurt. <laughs> like, bro, yeah. they just look stupid doing shit like this. I agree. And they reinforce a lot of the negative narratives around both of them. They reinforce yeah, they it with this, like, the, they both got what they wanted, and they're not ready to, to play. Mm-hmm. That to me is really bizarre, and that's kind of what frustrated me coming out of our last episode because we were so positive on the potential from both sides. Yeah, and at that time we didn't know that they were both sitting out like for another month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to me, like to me, the Sixers are in trouble because now again Embiid still has to carry you the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, Harden. Um... Durant and LeBron, I mean, they didn't say anything, but 
no one knew that Harden wasn't even going to play in the All-Star game. I know. Like, that wasn't... Because who asked... Uh, was it LeBron, Kenny? LeBron, LeBron asked. LeBron was like, yo, like, is Harden hurt? Like, yeah, is he is good? He... Right. And then, uh, and then the TNT crew went, <laughs> got silly real quick. Yeah, yeah. He's they kind of roasted Harden more than anybody. <laughs> yeah, but but they really thought he was playing. So it wasn't like a... You know, so... I don't know, man. I, to me, to me, like you can respond to all the negative things about you right now by going mm-hmm. out there and being living up to the standard. Like I, we, I really, I hope Ben doesn't come out there and is just like the Kyle Anderson on the team to KD. Like, and I'm not saying like for Ben's sake. I just don't want to see that on the court. I don't want to see him just be. A tall dude that brings the ball up court and hands it to KD and just disappears for the rest of the time on offense, and then us ever talk about the trade again. Because if he does that, Philly won this trade by a long shot. Because I, I already know, no matter how unhealthy Harden is, no matter how uh, in turmoil the team is or the coaching is, I know exactly what Harden is going to do. He's going to yeah. take shots. He's going to turn the ball over. He's going to have some spectacular assists while he's doing it. But Ben, I, it's a big question mark. And, you know, when we were being positive, we were thinking in best case scenario. But there is another worst case scenario where Ben is even more passive because he's playing with KD, someone who actually plays probably his natural, I shouldn't say natural, but his true position body-wise. Yeah. And Ben has never played with someone who takes that many perimeter shots, especially two guys that take that many one-on-one perimeter shots because with Kyrie and Ben in an offense I don't really see what the it's hard to think of how the chemistry would work there on offense unless Ben is like is cutting Kyrie's a pretty good passer but Kyrie is probably the hardest player in the league to get assists to so it's just again like offensively I think I'm still kind of trying to be best case scenario right because offensively they've been good even when they missing a lot of their the lineup Mm -hmm. but a lot of people are getting excited about defense their defensive potential Mm -hmm. like is that really gonna matter when you're dependent on ben simmons for that because no one else is like exceptional on defense on that's what i'm saying i don't care i don't care if ben simmons stays in front of greek freak all series right. who's guarding is Seth Curry guarding Drew Holiday is Patty <laughs> Mills guarding Drew Holiday because we know Kyrie isn't doing it when it's a home game we've seen Chris Middleton give KD buckets too right and, and Middleton has it. defended KD fairly well at times too yeah KD has to like reach supernova to actually play good against Middleton yeah, so you look you look around the East, and you even include Philly in that. Yeah. To me, every other Eastern Conference contender, which is Miami, Milwaukee, Chicago, Philly. Who am I missing? Am I missing somebody? Cleveland, Boston, Atlanta. I'll put I'll put Brooklyn fifth. Okay. So after those top four. Mm-hmm. But the problem with those top four is they they don't have to work as hard 
a lot like they don't need as many things to click for their potential to be realized. Chicago showed you they can miss four starters and still exactly. look like they're playing at their potential. Exactly. Miami, Miami Miami's had randoms in the lineup. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Even Philly, you know, without Ben Simmons, without Harden, has shown that they could play really good basketball. Yep. And we know Cleveland the Bucks. Has... We know the Bucks are great. And Cleveland isn't. You know, you didn't mention Cleveland in the contenders, but Cleveland has lost a starting guard like every month this season, and is still fourth in the in the um, rankings. Yeah. You know, in the standings. Yeah, and, and Cleveland is tough for me to put them alongside the the contenders who've been there. And, but, and they're significantly not as talented as like Chicago is. Right, but I was just saying when you mentioned playing to your potential, these guys are missing. Like someone goes down and they just keep playing hard. They yes. lost Sexton. All of a sudden, they're still they're going on a winning streak with with Rubio. They lose Rubio. They're still winning games, and they yeah. just pick up who they get Rondo. Rondo uh, Lavert too. Right, but the, first they got R- Rondo. They kept winning, and then Rondo kind of just kind of. Sk- slid away from the starters and then you know now they got Levert and they're back looking even more explosive so and and you're right and I'm like again I'm trying to be optimistic but in reality you're, you're competing with a lot more than just the the premier teams in the east because mm-hmm. Boston is what on an eight nine game winning streak yeah now if smart sprained his ankle really bad that might make them significantly worse but again but, boston is starting to play to their potential and they just picked up Derek white i mean he's someone that easy if fit. smart goes out he can pick it up he can right. take five more shots a game and he may make all of them yeah he's, he, nine he's and, just an easy fit regardless of what you're putting him out there for yeah they've won nine of the last 10 they currently have the best um record in the east for the last 10 games I mean, but you look, Toronto is, they just had an eight, seven, eight game winning streak. Eight and two in the last 10. Yep. They're, they're on the up and up. They're coming up. They're playing. Everybody's playing to their strengths. The guys yep. we doubted are all stepping up right now. Yep. And then, and then beyond that, beyond that, all the other teams are healthier than you. They play harder than you. They're younger than you. Like, and they're coming. Some of these teams are coming back up their peak. Like Atlanta, who had a really bad start, is on their way back yes. towards the top eight. Yes. And Charlotte's a team that's like always excited. Like they could always get hot. Yep. I'm not going to talk about the Wizards because I talked about them a lot. but Or the Knicks. Yeah. The, those two teams, you know, I'm not as worried about. But that's, again, off the top of our head, we're talking about eight teams that are in a much better place. Go, I know they'll be in a much better place going into the playoffs. I know that. And yeah. we have, what, a month and a half left? Mm-hmm. So, to me, while the upside for Brooklyn is crazy, like, them realizing it is a as long of a shot as it, it comes. The upside is huge, and if they don't get to that upside, they're in trouble. Yeah, the the potential for their upside is fucking is as long as Justin Tucker's uh, winning field goal was against the Lions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Historically yeah. long. Yep. Yep. 
Um, the Lakers. Lakers continue to lose games. They're three and seven, three game losing streak. I have no idea how the Lakers are still in the playoff. I race. know. I know. <laughs> it seems like they've lost so many games. I know. And it's bizarre that, like, who's next? Who's, like, closest to catching them? Is it the Pelicans? The Blazers. I think the Blazers and then the Pelicans are, like, right there, too. Yeah, yeah. They're just one Ooh. game behind the Blazers. Well, the Blazers, I don't I don't really want them to, to get hot and take a spot. Yeah. But the Pelicans are playing with a lot of momentum right now. Bro, if the Lakers lose three more games, the Pelicans will catch them. And that's only, most likely going to happen. They're three and a half games behind. They're playing so Utah Pelicans, tonight, right? I think so. And the Lakers have the hardest schedule left in the league. Yeah. Because I remember when they were sucking early in the year... That's all people were talking about, how, like, yo, they're playing the fucking Rockets every weekend and barely winning games. Yeah. You know, the so La- now now you're playing the, the top teams are getting smoked. The Lakers are 8-18 eight and 18 away. Oh, I'm sorry, 9-18 and 18 away. <laughs> wow. They're, like, honestly, they, they just don't seem self-aware about their problems at all. No, they don't. At all. Like, I, I can see... As Russ has become less and less of a reason for why they're losing games, mm-hmm. I see the 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 lob of it's all Russ's fault. Yeah, like they're preparing that lob. They're, they got the ball right at the rim. Like mm-hmm. it's the season's collapsing. The Pelicans caught us. The Blazers caught us. We're like we we might not even make the fucking play in. <laughs> that's that's when Vogel's like. Russell Westbrook DNP coach's decision. If West, if the Lakers don't make the plan, will they be the biggest failure in NBA history? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. No question. I agree. To not make the playoffs? That they that play is in. That's 10. Yeah, they 10 literally spots. they added a system for more teams to make it and you didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. That's pathetic. But- and they were in the play-in last season, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, because they got lucky against the Warriors that yes. time. Yeah. I I just man, they are they are just they don't guard a fucking soul. <laughs> we we were joking uh we were joking about Shane Larkin earlier today, <laughs> and and I wouldn't put Shane Larkin in my rotation against most of the teams in the league. Shane's cooking the Lakers. Against the Lakers, I'm throwing him out there. <laughs> he might get a career high. Shout out yeah. to Shane Larkin. I know you're not listening, but you were my man in college, man. Miami, Miami's yes. finest. Yes. But we were... <laughs> he would cook the Lakers. No I know, other team, dude, though. Every, everybody that I've watched, like they, they make guys look so great. Yeah. So great. AD looks... AD looks just like he's getting slower by the fucking minute of playing time. Yeah. Every fucking quarter he gets slower. He couldn't, bro, you watch the Warriors game? Mm-hmm. Like, Clay Thompson looked like a bully compared to Anthony Davis. Yeah, he did. The, 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 just the view of Anthony Davis attempting to back down Clay Thompson and not. Like Clay not giving a fucking millimeter of room. Yep. I'm like wow, dude. 
like you you can't even take advantage of the one thing I thought was still your strength. Yeah. You're not even yeah. physical enough against the real contenders. Right. They're Look just... at the teams above them right now. The Clippers and the Timberwolves. Would dog them, by the way, in a series. Oh, yeah. Timberwolves would get, get them out six... of here. Oh, I don't think they get the six against either team, to be honest, the way they're playing. I think they could beat the Clippers. They have zero chance against the Timberwolves, though. Timberwolves might... Yeah, but five games. Do you done. really? Do you really? When, like, you're prone to blowing leads and you're playing a young team. Do you really? Do yeah. you really have a chance when you don't guard a soul? And now, dudes, dudes who people don't like, casual NBA fans have no clue about. Put up fifteen to twenty-five. Amir Coffee is giving you thirty. I mean, come on! Like, you're not stopping anybody, LeBron. LeBron is finally cooling off, which doesn't surprise me. Like, yeah. The the fact that they're so dependent on their stars to be so great is yeah. it just shows how pathetic they are, honestly. I agree. The Pelicans are definitely coming, by the way. Like you, I know. I mean, you mentioned it for a second. They're definitely coming. CJ yeah. looks so flawless with them, like a perfect fit. Immediately has chemistry with Ingram, too. Yeah. Immediately. This team doesn't even need Zion to catch the Lakers to me. No, they don't. Definitely don't. They just need, they just need you know, a couple of uh, health things to go their way for the roster to stay healthy and the schedule to, to keep the way it is. Mm-hmm. What CJ is doing for the Pelicans is exactly what I was hoping someone would do for the Hawks. Like, Graham doesn't have to be on the ball, like, really ever. CJ is making highlight passes. He's making lobs from the wing spot. Yeah. And it just opens up so much for them. So, so, so much. Um, well, one thing I've always liked about CJ's high IQ scorer. Yep. He is. Of all Never the volume shooters. Yeah, of all, of all the volume shooters we criticize... He his awareness for what a like what kind of good shot he should get is really good. Yeah. And on a young up and coming team like the Pelicans, I honestly I can't think of a better fit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um you wanna mention something about uh the Bulls, what I said about the Rose yes. me to repeat it on here? So before I get into that, I think last episode I said he hadn't been as hot as he was earlier in the year. <laughs> and he goes on like an eight-game, 30-plus yeah, yeah. streak. Yeah. I don't know why I said that because I had just watched him get like 30-something. But he had a lull right before this. Yeah. Right before the streak, he did. He yeah. did. I knew what you were referring to. Um, <clears throat> but you made an interesting point about DeRozan. Yes, even though Jokic and Embiid are having some of the most ridiculous statistic years, and I think that, I'm trying to say this and not sound like a complete hater, but I think that we're kind of over-hyping their numbers because that's kind of how the game is now, where guys can do what they do. 
not saying that everybody can do it because obviously they not everyone can do it, but their stats will always be like this. It's not like an MVP year, like an exceptional year. It's just that the way that the team plays, Jokic is always going to have an opportunity to get a triple-double. Yeah, he just he how runs they, their offense. Yeah, it's just how they play. So it's not really like a... It, obviously, it still does make him more valuable, but it's not him busting out like an exceptional year where it's like, man, he's unstoppable. He's doing all these things. But yeah, that's what... That's how the offense is going to run. That's what we have to do to win the games. Yeah. Is have Jokic at the one. Or Embiid has to have the ball for 90% of all possessions. He has to get a touch. And by that, we're going to, he's going to have a lot of assists. He's going to get a lot of points. And, you know, he's 7 2. He's going to get rebounds. Not, yeah. not discounting his stats. I'm not discounting either of their stats. They're great. But the most unstoppable player in this year in the NBA this year has been DeMar DeRozan. This dude, Levine can be hurt. The, it can be missing two guards. Vucevic, Vucevic can be having a terrible game. And you know who the ball is going to every time. And you still he still gets 40. Like there's nothing. Yeah. Everyone knows exactly what he does. The scouting report can be probably only four lines on him keep him off the mid-range don't foul him and you know maybe two other things you know we're trapping him in the corner don't let him dump it to Vucevic and he still does exactly what you tried to not make him do tried to prevent him from doing I mean and I've watched the last I want to say their last three games man he just he just takes over man it doesn't matter who's guarding him. I watched... Um, who were they playing? Uh, I texted you about it the other day. I think it was Charlotte. Was maybe their last game? Oh, let me check. No, that was a little while. I think that was last Wednesday. I think that was the day before our last episode. That they played Charlotte? Yeah. Because you remember I talked about how Charlotte's defense was really bad? Yeah. Oh, it was San Antonio. That's who they were playing. Mm-hmm. He another, was. He started out. Team. Yeah, yeah, bad defensive team. I think the fourth quarter he was nine for ten, field goals. Started off eight for eight, and was just getting buckets, in all different ways. And then when they trap him, he he his court vision has has gotten so much better. I mean, when they trap him, he finds someone that gets an easy layup. Like it's an instant assist. If you trap him, he's gonna get an assist. And the team has so many weapons. Yeah. It's just, it's insane, man. And Levine didn't even play that game. You know what's crazy about them is we were both we were both very excited, very, we both kind of, I guess, were right that they, they would be good. Yeah. Um. I, granted, I don't think either of us thought they'd be that good that quick. I didn't think they'd be the best team in the East. No, I didn't. Right. Yeah. But in this debate, the fact that they're, I'm, I'm very excited that they're in that conversation. I don't think they're the best team in the East. Well, I, I meant record-wise. I meant record-wise, yeah, I, I don't think they'd be number one I think they're even seed. with Miami right now, right? Tied for yeah, the first seed. Tied and, and for I'm, first. And they've with, had the first probably for the most time this season. Yeah, and they've, compared to Miami, just Miami, for example, they don't, they've had way more injuries, way more adversity. 
I'd be surprised if anyone in the league has had more injuries than Chicago. Yeah, other and, than, like, and Miami's a group. Miami's a group been together a long time. Bucks, mm-hmm. same thing. This is like a new core in a lot of ways. A lot of young guys, a lot of guys who hadn't been on successful teams. Yeah, I was going to say, Miami has like eight guys that everybody knows, eight household names on the team. Yeah. You know, like... And they added you recognize, to that. Yeah, and that you recognize as starters on other teams. I mean, you look at Chicago, other than the big three, I wouldn't start anyone else on the team on another team. Like, other than Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic. And Vucevic, sometimes, he's sometimes he for me... I wouldn't start a soul on another team, like on most of the contenders. I wouldn't say, um, you know, Kobe White doesn't start on another contender. No. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go all the way down the list, but you know what I'm saying. But I, the point I was getting to was, while we both thought that they would be good, yeah, I think we were both, and I'll speak for me obviously more, but I was very wrong on how I thought they would look to to have to be good Mm, i I thought they would depend on balance i thought they would depend on because they have so many guards i thought they would depend on having to distribute the ball having to spread shots like Mm -hmm. really depending on vucevic as i mentioned to have an inside presence Mm -hmm. bro DeRozan has bandaged all of that shit he has. He has. Never would I have imagined coming into the year that DeRozan not only was the best pickup of the offseason by far, mm-hmm. that fair. DeRozan is the most reliable shot taker in the league right now. Yeah. We talked about it off air also about the like mastering an element of your game and moving forward. Yeah. Like you said, everybody knows the scouting report on DeRozan. And yet, and yet, every fucking game, he's pulling out from the free throw line. <laughs> it, it's butter every single time. And you it's know butter. it is. And, bro, when it bounces off the rim, it's like the softest, most friendly bounce ever. It is. It's like, yo, he missed that by a quarter of an inch. I know. The next time that's going in, the rim was a little loose that was going in. Like, every time, yeah. That, it's to crazy. me, like, DeRozan's... Um, just like you said, just his complete takeover. Because it's not like he's significantly better. I've seen him do all these things. Yeah. But the consistency, the way, like, not he's not letting a bench guy t- check him one-on-one ever. No. Ever. Like, you're going in the playoffs, you got to worry about your rotation. Because you can't leave Grayson Allen on uh, DeMar DeRozan. You can't leave Tyler Harrow on DeMar DeRozan. Grayson Allen is fouling out one quarter. Yeah, Tyler Maybe Harrow. Two. Tyler Harrow yeah. is getting worked. The, Jimmy Butler is the only player on the Heat that can guard DeRozan. Right. The only one. If any, right. if any single other soul on that team guards DeRozan, he's getting forty. Is this? Yeah. And normally, normally I would be negative about kind of like a Harden scenario where he's dominating everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, I tr- I again I trust the quality of DeRozan's shots mm-hmm. better than any isolation player in the league right now. Yeah. With yeah. Uh, Embiid being a fairly close second, 
Mm-hmm. But he he settles. He doesn't really feel the game as well as DeRozan. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really see the floor as well as DeRozan. Yeah. I mean, the the couple years DeRozan spent at playing point guard is yeah. showing how easy the game is for him now. Yeah. So yeah. that to me, I'm just I'm so like you said, all credit to DeRozan because I don't think anybody saw this coming. He and we also talked about um you know, players in an ultimate king of the court game. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we mentioned we don't know if anyone would beat Kyrie in king of the court. I'm not sure anyone would beat DeRozan in king of the court. Not without fouling. I know. He's one of those guys. You ever play with a guy who, like, when you're playing as, like, a group and you got to rotate in, you either you get a stop or, or you take over. Yeah. Like, you're just playing defense the whole time when DeRozan has the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just yeah, going exactly. through the rotation. He's already at seven. We're already moving to the next spot. Like, fuck, I just scored my first bucket. Yep. And all I've been doing is that that's who DeRozan is to me. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Embiid's shot taking. I think one thing that has been amazing about DeRozan and, you know, again, I got to credit. I'm the only one I think on planet Earth that gives credit to Billy Donovan sometimes. But him... What DeRozan has done for Levine's game, or what Billy Donovan has done for Levine's game, they don't take shots that turn into points on the other end, like a lot of players. I think Embiid, if Embiid misses a bad shot or a tough shot, it's a layup on the other end. Easy. It don't matter who's in there. You know, it could be viable. Embiid could get back. It's just something about the shots. Yeah. The Lakers, all three of the Lakers guys do do this. Yeah, they do. Yeah, all the time. If if Westbrook misses a shot, it's easy. Like, (laughs) yeah, because he stands there and looks at it. LeBron misses a shot. He's talking to the refs. He's checking for blood. MB, I mean, um, AD is on the ground, laying on the ground. Yeah, injured. You know, making sure his ankles is good. Holding something. Yeah, and MB is just like a. He either argues with the refs or with his own guys like that aren't open or whatever. Yeah. When he misses a shot, it's a layup on the other end. But the Bulls and Levine had that problem before. Levine used to yes. take some really tough shots yes. and they would turn into fast breaks and Levine would just be there watching. He'd be hustling back. Yeah. He's the highest jumper in the league and never gets any chase down blocks. He was so, he was that volume shooter that we criticized. Like he's one of those archetypes before this year. Yeah, yeah, and he and, made some progress last year, but it was it took a while. Right, right, and th- that's where I say it could have been Billy because Billy was there, but DeRozan yes. wasn't there. Now DeRozan's got here, and he's the good shot king, where he only takes shots that are reboundable, only takes reboundable shots, or he gets fouled, one or the other. Yeah, and Levine has learned from that for sure because I never see a shot Levine takes unless it's like a quick three. But I never see like an overly contested shot anymore where I was like, yo, man, that that wasn't it. Like no one was back on for rebounds. No one was ready to get back on D. So you know I think that's something Chicago has done that really helped their offense big time. Uh, I can I can think of a backcourt that parallels different players, but Levine and the, the shooting guard I'm thinking about have kind of ascended the same way playing off another great player. Who's that? Devin Booker. Oh yeah, 
That's Devin Booker point. was a bucket before Chris Paul got there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he put up 70, so everybody knew he was a volume shooter. High, He could score with anybody. Yeah. His scoring didn't impact winning, you know, almost practically ever until Chris right. Paul got there. Yep. And yep. while CP and DeRozan are different players, the mm-hmm. the way they've elevated specifically their co-stars yeah. is like like is literally exactly what I'm looking for in a duo. Yep. The yep. the more experienced player catching up the 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 other guy. Right. And that's exactly what's going on right now in Chicago. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's why they're so dangerous to me with regardless of even if Caruso and Lonzo weren't getting healthy. Right. Which they are. I I read the other day that they said they didn't trade Pat Williams for Grant because he's he might come back before the season's over. Oh, so. if he if he can come back like Clay came back, oh, yeah. Chicago's a fucking problem. Yeah. I'm sweating. Yeah. I'm sweating. Maybe Giannis isn't sweating, but the rest of that roster should. And next week is um buyout the buyout uh market time. I think oh, March first yeah. is the buyout deadline. Yeah. So we might see guys, you know I'm we curious. talked about Millsap at some yeah. point. Harris um, is a guy, Gary Harris. Gary Harris. I wanna see what happens with him. Yeah. Um I know uh Dragic. Uh, Dragic apparently like every contender's been interested in him to some extent. Yeah. Which makes yeah. a lot even, of sense. Even Chicago. Yeah. Which would be insane. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of guys I think that are gonna hit that buyout market that might surprise people. Um so I think I, I saw Olenek might be on there. Uh Houston probably has somebody. I don't know if they're going to buy out Eric Gordon or not, but that could be crazy. Interesting. So, we'll see March 1st. After March 1st, we'll start seeing the final teams, you know, for yeah. most of these contenders. But Chicago, man, we talked about all year. They're just just a decent power forward away. Just a decent one. Doesn't have to be great. They don't need much. They're just missing a little bit of defense <laughs> to give um, Levine and DeRozan a little more. You know, but I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be know. honest. And again, normally I stay away from kind of trusting individual scoring. Mm-hmm. But the way DeRozan is doing it, I I honestly don't see a flaw in this roster right now. <laughs> they I get either, man. they get, and this was the turning point for Milwaukee. I think, and Miami's been good because of this for a long time. Mm-hmm. You could get your bottom rotation players good shots. Yeah. That's what Chicago, that's what's been most impressive about their team to me, beyond mm-hmm. just DeRozan's greatness and Levine's greatness. Yep. The way they've been able to, especially with injuries, you got guys coming off the couch, coming out the G League, coming off of sitting on the bench for extended, like, weeks, months. Yeah. And they're getting great shots. Yeah. And, and the, the thing that separates Chicago and Miami, the... It doesn't step on the star's toes at all. Like Kobe White getting 30 doesn't stop DeRozan from getting 30. Um, Lonzo getting six threes doesn't stop Levine from getting 40. Doesn't stop DeRozan from getting 40. Doesn't stop Vucevic from getting a double-double, 25 and 18. They just score more points. 
But that to I me, think, it's go ahead though. Finish your point before I go. I think we've seen, especially in the finals, sometimes Miami yeah. hero can get thirty eight. Jimmy Butler has nothing. Eight. Yeah, or, or <laughs> Lowry took six has shots. Five. Yeah, so it, and it's they still win. I'm not saying it makes them lose, but when it comes down to we need Jimmy Butler to step up, we're like, oh well, he didn't step up the last six games because we had Hero stepping up. But now we got an elite defender guarding Harold, yeah. and then what do we do? Chicago never has that issue. Um, but, Milwaukee but me, never has that issue. To me, that's less. Uh, I, to me, that's less credit to Chicago and more of a knock on Bam and Butler. It, and rightfully is, so. But, but there's good teams that have that problem have hard times in the in the um, in the playoffs. And there's a lot of good teams that have the problem. Boston has the problem. Philly has the problem. But the problem you know, is, I'm saying the problem is you, the those other teams you're talking about, you can't trust the shot selection. Right. And and this is where I discredit Bam and Jimmy more is they know better. <laughs> like, they're, you know, they're not like idiots. You know what I mean? Yeah. They know yeah. they know what it like what it looks like for them to eat alongside Harrow or once upon a time Kendrick Nunn, for example. To me, it shouldn't be a concern that because Struss is eating, that Jimmy Butler isn't like you see what I'm saying? Because you're looking at yeah, Chicago yeah. and you're giving them credit because if uh if Caruso is eating, DeRozan's still getting his. Yeah. Like Jimmy Butler should be doing the same thing. He's just not. Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is they win without it. Miami does. Yeah. And Chicago, it doesn't matter. We can win. We can win doing that. But I, I think sometimes <laughs> Miami, and even if it's a knock against them, they're okay with winning ten straight games where Jimmy never gets double yes. digits. And I think it limits them in the playoffs a lot. Right, that's my point. Chicago is in a good place because in the playoffs, that's going to really matter. Yes. Because, Th- big time. Because when you're talking about it from this kind of point, now when we're in the playoffs and Miami and Chicago, f- for the sake of argument, are playing each other, mm-hmm. Caruso not shooting the ball well or Lonzo not shooting the ball well doesn't kill the team like it does because Duncan Robinson isn't shooting the ball well. Exactly. Or Tyler Harrow is not playing with high IQ. Or Bam is, again, playing kind of absent-minded for, for whatever reason. Right. And, and that's why I don't necessarily knock um, Miami for it as much as I uplift Chicago for it. Because only Chicago and Milwaukee really have that luxury yeah. in the East. Yeah. So that, that's the thing. Brooklyn, for sure. If someone else has a good game and KD can't get 30 shots off oh, oh they're out of here yeah yeah he's out there as a mediocre player that's a, a good finisher that's what he is right and you see you see that they have a problem with it because they won't let patty like string together multiple games with more than 10 shots like he'll get 40 one you know 30 one night with 15 shots next game he gets six shots i know like and max that's you look at milwaukee if bobby portis eats He's getting a lot of shots the next night. If mm-hmm. Lonzo eats, he's getting a lot of shots the next night. And they know, based off the teams they play, where guys can get chances to eat. Yes. 
like yo, if if Bobby Portis and you know this isn't a knock against um, Robert Williams because I like Robert Williams, but he's he's young. They say okay, Bobby, let's go at him. We know he jumps for everything. He's fouling. Bobby Portis gets extra shots against defenders that they yeah. think he can exploit. Um, but yeah, so it's looking good for Chicago, man. I am super excited to see what they get in the buyout if they do. If they don't, I'm excited to see them take this team into the playoffs, man. I am I am so excited to see who they play in the first round. Yeah, me too. Because the East is shaping up. Like, Brooklyn is not getting a good, like, a easy first-round matchup. <laughs> man, Brooklyn's right there with the Lakers, though. Yeah. They're, they, if they keep slipping, I mean, again, because we don't know Durant when Durant's coming back, we know Ben Simmons is going to take a while and – Kyrie by himself doesn't really impact winning in any way. And only plays half the games. Right. This team yeah. is going to keep slipping in the standings. You're not you're not winning games with Patty Mills and Seth Curry as your backcourt. Right. You're just and, not. And Atlanta is Atlanta is playing good right now. Yeah. They're losing some games, but they're playing good. Trey Young, Trey Young is is forcing them to climb out of their struggles. Yeah. I love it. I think these are those moments that make leaders out of guys, you know? Yeah. Um, I think the two, uh, Trey Young and Doncic, both started off the year a little slower than normal, and now their teams are like, even if Atlanta is an eighth seed or they kind of struggle through the play-in, that's, that's not a light first-round matchup. Of course not. Even for the Bucks, who should be an overwhelming favorite. Right. Yeah, and Charlotte but, too. I mean, Charlotte is—they're playing good too. Yeah, playing good ball. They're starting to get healthy. Yeah, I think the uh, East is going to be wild this playoff run. I think a lot of unpredictable shit is going to happen in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I do too. <clears throat> I do too. But since we praise DeRozan's uh, individual skill, so one counter I have is the Bucks, and Giannis has to me only furthered his um, spot as the best player in the league. I agree with that. He's yeah. now he's now committed to dominating inside. Yeah, he is. Like like consistently on a fucking random Friday night when the Lakers could barely get off the bus. Mm-hmm. Giannis is playing his fucking heart out. Yeah. I mean, yep. he has like that that playoff run last year, man, honestly like it's it's cleared up. It's allowed him to like see his own flaws. Yeah. I mean, he's playing at such a like peak level right now. He is. He yeah. definitely is. It's obviously different from DeRozan because the team is a lot like better structured as a whole. Yeah, they're they're the defending champions. Right, so. right. Because Phoenix is doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bucks to me like. There's no question Giannis is the best player right now, and their yeah. upside is just crazy to me because of that. I agree. And he's filled, I mean, him playing a little bit harder, going a little bit harder, taking more shots, keeping the defense even more honest, has yes. created, has, I don't want to call them holes, but the few flaws they've had or they have as gone. a roster, yeah, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter it at really all. It doesn't. 
and the way he's playing, they could easily be missing bigs and be fine. They yeah. could easily miss a guard or two and be fine. Like, I mean, they're missing, you know, some of the lesser rotation guys, but like a lot, a lot of times in the past, they depended, they depended on like a deep rotation to look complete. Yeah. And finally, Giannis is doing what LeBron was doing for years, what all the best players do. Mm-hmm. They make up for everything you lack. And and the thing is, they're the Bucks are picking up like these sneaky rotation pieces because, like, with everything you said, they just got Ibaka. I know. And they just picked up. I mean, DeAndre Bembry isn't like he's not a scrub. He's a good defensive player. He's going to do exactly just what they need him to do, to do, you know? Yeah. They're not going to need him to be a scoring threat, but he's going to come in there, play hard defense. He's going to streak. He's athletic. I mean. But Giannis' progression, again, help. again, in the past, a lot of our problems was, like, what's going on around Giannis? Right. And to me now, him playing, like, such a complete player, now, like, the pressure is off Middleton. Like, Drew Holiday yeah. could have a bad game, and we're not sitting there like, fuck, Giannis is about to throw this game away at the free throw line. Right. Or, yeah. or Giannis is about to take get three charges and get us completely kill our rhythm. Yeah, and, and the thing is, they, they struggled in the past because Holiday and Middleton are so... Their stats aren't consistent, but their efficiencies are inconsistent. I mean, the stats are, cons- are consistent, but they're efficiencies are not consistent yeah Um, because sometimes Middleton can get 30 with 12 shots next night he gets 30 with 21 shots you know yeah so and Holiday can get 10 assists with one turnover and then six assists with four turnovers the next night so it's like a it's a thing and like you said Giannis just it doesn't matter at this point because he makes up for it every time yeah, man, and Lately. he's limiting. He's limiting like the individual possessions. So now, now he's getting like big, like role player big level like type of shots. And and that to me was always the perfect way he should be playing. I agree. I mean, him just rolling, him just being inside is just unstoppable. I agree. You combine that with more confidence. You combine that with a little more self awareness. Little more control, and Giannis is a, another championship run away from being a better all-time player than Kevin Durant. Mm. Hot take there, and and yet I got no issue ta- making it. I'm with you. Two I finals think- runs, two championship runs with no BS excuses, with no other Hall of Famer on the exactly, roster. exactly. The team is not no nowhere near a super team. They nope. built very slow, very steady, went through a lot of struggle. He stuck it out through all that shit. Yep. And you never question his leadership. Yep. Not once. Yeah. I, I love Honestly. it, man. I'm so happy to see it, to be honest. Yeah. I, who was that listening to? Someone said that if Durant doesn't win another championship. Probably Nick Wright. Somebody on Fox. I feel like I heard I say that. Nick Wright. I feel like I heard somebody on Fox. It could have been Skip or somebody. I don't know. If he doesn't win another championship, is he better than Dirk? Like, 
Would you rank him higher than Dirk? I wouldn't rank him higher, but like he is better. Yeah, he's better. He's a better player. Yeah, KD, but I'm saying it, yeah he fucked himself over, you, but I'm yeah, not putting him. you a top 25 list, it's, it's all blanks. You fill in the blanks. Is Are you putting Durant over Dirk? Bro, if he I told you. I told you, if KD doesn't win another championship, to me, he might as well not have a championship. <laughs> Let alone two. And I credit him. Again, I've credited him for the finals performances. But yeah. bro, again, I can't give you credit when dudes have to when other goats have to break their back to to go through the playoffs and go through the finals. Dirk's right. Dirk's one title, he went through OKC, he went through Kobe fucking Bryant, and then he goes through the fucking Miami. Yeah. As a super team. Mm-hmm. With three of the top fifteen players in the league, yeah. Like Durant only yeah. had to work hard in four or five games. And <laughs> don't forget the fact that that team made it to the finals two years in a row before he got there. That's Think what about I'm saying. What Steph had to go through. That's what I'm just saying. As a player, so I'll like his rings to me will never get his two rings will never touch the the path Dirk had to take to get that. I agree. And Dirk had to fucking, like, dominate. And the team was good. Mm-hmm. Durant had to dominate for a f- two final series. That's it. He Bro, do you remember anything about his performance in the previous rounds? No. I'm gonna be honest, man. Because they were walking is, through him. I'm going to be honest, and this may be a hot take. I don't even think he, like, really dominated in the finals that much. I mean, he played really, really good, but... He was a dominant scorer in the finals. Yeah, he was... But he's always a dominant scorer. Like, it's... I just didn't think he played any different than just how Durant always plays. It wasn't like a, yo, Durant just took over. They Steph was still bringing the ball up court and still being a threat and kicking it to a wide-open Durant that was knocking down shots. Yes. I mean, he was knocking down every shot, though. I will give him that. Right. But, but it was fucking like... open. They're fucking, you got guys closing out out of control because you're playing on the team with the best ball movement in the fucking league. Yes. So, again, to me, KD, yes, he's a two-time champion, but his resume is just as shady as any of the guys who who are who don't have a title. I agree. I agree. And and any real basketball fan to me sees it the same way. Yeah, I. Yeah, I think so. For, mo- for the most part, I've had a lot of conversations about it with basketball fans, and while you know some people push back on how critical we are of KD, the mm-hmm. the consensus is that there is an asterisk on both of his rings. <laughs> Yeah. A big asterisk. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, what, what were we talking about before that? I forgot now. Just Giannis, how great he is. Giannis, yeah. How he's the yeah. definitive best player in the league. He is. He absolutely is. He's the most dominant player. He's the best player in the league. Uh, I, I think that at times... 
At, really, to me, it's either ever. It's only ever between him and Steph for me. Like for the last three years, um, and you know, Steph doesn't dominate how he does, but the thing Steph does do is like, man, come on, this is no one. No one can do what he does, yeah. obviously. And they're the only two guys where I think every night, like, I never know what they're gonna do. They could change the entire game strictly by themselves. Yeah. So it's what's crazy about Steph. Um, he's been in like a extended slump. Yeah. A little bit. Um, I know he just had like a month, one of his worst shooting months or something like that. Yeah. Why is that surprising anybody? Like, bro, when you're the greatest shooter ever, to me, to me, your slumps should look worse than normal slumps. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you take, you're the greatest shooter ever. You have the greenest light in like history. Mm-hmm. Your slump should look bad. Curry has like, I think I read the other day, Curry has like twenty two out of the top twenty five most three point three pointers attempted in a game. Like Steph has attempted the most threes in a game, misses or makes than anybody. Yeah, so. again, I, I haven't seen him be off for this long before. But yeah, like I'm happy it's happening now and not in the first second round, right? But uh, but I do think I do think the the Warriors are looking more and more beatable, while mm-hmm. the Suns are looking more and more unbeatable. Mm-hmm. And I, I think and I, a lot of the other West teams are struggling a little bit. They are, and the thing about the Warriors, they're only unbeatable because Steph isn't shooting well. I mean, they only look beatable because Steph isn't shooting well. Yeah. Because if Steph was doing what he was doing earlier in the season and Clay was still there, they'd look the same. But like you said, him not shooting well, of course, if Steph normally shoots 13 threes a game and him going two for 13, obviously that looks atrocious. So it's like that makes him look more beatable. But the thing, you know, the reality is they haven't really – Lost any more games? They're still seven and three in the last ten. They're still second in the in the West and still have the second best record in the league. Oh yeah, and only by six games. So, you know. Yeah, I, I just think again, I'm getting more and more confident in the Suns based off of how they're just playing as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the Warriors, they're another team that the upside, I mean, Steph and Clay got going, and that's that's dangerous against anybody. I'm going to offer a little bit of hate for the Suns here. It's going to sound like hate, but it's, it's pushback. It's something I've noticed about them, especially last year going into the, well, you know, up until the finals. I think sometimes the Suns, You ever you know how some games you're a coach, you're a uh championship coach. When you there's some games where you know you can beat a team, so you guys really work on stuff and you may lose the game, but you were working on stuff regardless of how the outcome was. Yeah. You knew that you needed to work on some stuff this game. Yeah. Sometimes I get I'm afraid that the Suns just beat teams how they know they can beat them. And then when they get to adversity, they're not ready 
to do the stuff that they hadn't worked on just because they were just blowing teams out. You know what I'm saying? It's like the team that is is good that blows teams out by 30 every game. Yeah. Then they finally play a team that is kind of close to them, and they don't know what to do. They end up losing. Yeah. I'm not saying the Suns will do that. I'm saying that's just something to... to I, I, I see Suns, what you're saying. Yeah, because obviously, I mean, CP can do what he does. Booker can do what he does. Aiden can be a lob threat and be a rebounding machine. Cam Johnson can hit threes. But if they face the Bucks again, do you think they'll play different than they did last year, or do you think they'll just ride out? You know, no, I, with I don't going think with a different strategy. Yeah, they'll they'll definitely go with a different strategy because they can't watch uh, Aiton get worked by Giannis again. There's no way Monty deserves <laughs> to get fired if he if he goes a second finals <laughs> in a row doing that. That's fair. Um, but I will push back on your point. You mentioned like how their their guys contribute. Yeah. The reason why it, they're so successful with it is because of the impact of everybody's contributions. Mm, to okay. me, tell me more. To me, Bridges and Cam Johnson have first like they don't score more than like other w- role wing players. Right. But the the way their offense looks when those guys score, mm-hmm. they're like the spacing all of a sudden is impeccable. All of a sudden, the everybody's getting way better shots, and that it's to funny. Me, okay, that to me sorry. is just with Phoenix. They're like they put together multiple people playing well so consistently, mm-hmm. and I just don't see a lot of that from other teams. Phoenix. Johnson and Bridges score every time they have to. It's like, not have to, but every time they're open, they take the shot and they make it. It's like, they probably have, you know, they're others as, um, you know, the media calls the players that aren't the stars. They probably have the best efficiency in the league of like the other guys, other than CP, Booker, and Aiton. Everybody else combined, take everybody else's top three off their roster Phoenix has the best efficiency to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Johnson, corner threes and dunks. That's it. That's fine. Yeah, man. And their chemistry is just really good. Yeah. Like their you defensive said, chemistry looks great. Like you said, like the, the perfect guy steps up every time they need him. Like CP will get a 15 assist game exactly when they need him to. Yeah. Booker will have a, like a top scorer night exactly when they need him to. Yep. Where where I agree with you as far as like them potentially not getting better mm-hmm. is players are not getting better. Mm-hmm. Like to me, the difference for Bridges and Johnson is just confidence. Right. That they're not they're not asked to do more. Booker's not asked to do more. He's not asked to progress in the weak weakest areas of his game. Yeah, because Booker Honestly, doesn't look any different than he did last right. year at all. Obviously, like, see, we know what bit. CP is. He can't really be better than he he is at his best. Right. But the biggest thing for me is probably the thing we were most excited about the, throughout their playoff run is how great Aiton was. Mm-hmm. And he's the same player. Yeah. Exactly the same player. And to me, because you're the same team you really you don't have a lot of options for different things you could do against Milwaukee. 
Right. You're the same team. You can get beat the same way. Yeah, even if you would... What, are you going to go zone? I mean, Giannis is too smart for that at this point. And now Giannis hits his free throws. Yeah, so to me, you see the progression with Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. You see Giannis is elevating his game, and now everybody else can take a step back and focus on the things they do well. Yep. Phoenix, while I don't think it's going to be a problem until maybe the Warriors or mm-hmm. maybe maybe if they get Memphis in the conference finals, who knows what could happen. Yeah. But I, I just, like, to your point, I don't see the versatility that you need to continue to win. You yeah. know what I mean? To continue to be the best team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's probably my only concern for them. Yeah, and and that's a good point because Aiton, even the things Aiton had been previously advertised to be able to do, he still has not done like his whole career. Like when they, as a rookie, they thought Aiton was going to be able to hit jump shots. If you leave him at the top of the key, he can knock it down. You know, that still we still haven't seen that. Um, We still haven't seen anything but being an inside beast, and he's you know, super athletic, but like you said, when, when Giannis is there, okay, well, what are you going to do? But they do have one change that I forgot about that they were sorely missing throughout the playoffs last year. Alfred Payton. No, (laughs) what? (laughs) We are not on the same page with that one at all. (laughs) That is not where I was going at all. (laughs) I'm just playing. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. last year, and to keep it with the Milwaukee, Milwaukee matchup, Aiton comes out the game, you go small, which is not an option against Milwaukee, or yeah. you plug in, like, Kaminsky, who's been sitting on his ass all year. Right. Bro, the biggest thing about them to me that's impressed me, beyond their, chem- their flawless chemistry, is mm-hmm. every big... And we talked about this. Every big that's been plugged into the rotation has been, like, perfect. Yep. And that, to me, I didn't see that last year. I didn't think they had that gear. They just didn't give They didn't give CP anybody. I mean, I Sarge, think... maybe if Sarge doesn't get hurt, maybe. But mm-hmm. Sarge, to me, didn't have a major impact throughout the playoffs, with the exception of, like, one of the Clipper game, I think. And Sarge wasn't doing anything against... Greek freak and Bobby. Right. Bobby would have worked Sarge. <laughs> right. Or even even Brooke Lopez. Yeah. But yeah. now, now because their chemistry has only progressed, mm-hmm. now you can plug in guys and they can have a huge impact. And that, even if you don't play a different way, I think that still opens up m- like more of an upside for them. It absolutely does. You're right about that. That's a good point. And I didn't even think about that point. Um, I forgot about Biombo and JaVale. And even though I've been talking about them lately, but I did forget about them just now. They make a huge difference. And CP, I mean, we've seen CP turn every big man he's ever played with into a baller. I know. Every single one. I I think it's, I think it's roles. I think CP just tells him like, look, man, all I need you to do is this, this, and this. And I got you. And they do it. I mean, Biombo had like a career-defining series that year for the Raptors. Since then, he just completely fell off the face of the earth. I know. 
and was out of the league. Yeah. And then you bring him here, and now he's he's doing exactly what he did in that Raptors series, just in a different jersey. He looks yeah. great. And JaVale, I mean, we know JaVale is a championship. You know, I think he has three rings, doesn't he? Lakers and two with the Warriors, I think. I believe so, he, yeah. We know what he can do. I mean, that's... I think that is a big help for CP and for Aiden, like you said, because Aiden getting in foul trouble isn't that dangerous now. Um, I'm really, but all these concerns we're talking about, and this is a credit to how great they've been, it's really mm-hmm. only against Milwaukee. I, I don't yeah. see this being a problem against the Warriors or Memphis, which I really don't know who else they could possibly meet in the conference finals. Jazz, maybe? Long shot, but sure. Again, that's not going to be a problem against the Jazz. No. Not at all. No, or even the even the teams with momentum, like we talked about with the East. Dallas has a lot of momentum. They're not. Minnesota. They're not going to be able to stop what Phoenix does. No. Uh, no. The, Clipper, the Clippers. They're they're not doing anything. Uh, Denver. Uh, maybe have. maybe if Jamal Murray comes back, maybe they have a little more upside. But still, mm-hmm. to me, it's a extremely long shot for them to have the potential to outplay Phoenix. Not without Michael Porter Jr. and Murray. And, and Chris like, Paul, they need them both. And Chris Paul kind of, he's the only player I've seen in the last year and a half to make Denver's actually weak-ass rotation look weak. Yeah. He that series, no mercy on that series he had was him. just, I mean, just perfect. Yeah, Like literally a flawless series from Chris Paul. And CP is not letting Compazzo just goof off the whole exactly. game. Exactly. Everyone else does. <laughs> That's what pisses me off. That's what pisses me off. The Denver plays like their rotation sucks when they have a lot of injuries. And yeah. teams can't take advantage of that. <laughs> Every other team makes Compazzo look like hot sauce. <laughs> like, bro. Like, and one hot sauce. Like, like bro, like, I, I like Monty Morris, but, like, yeah. some nights, he, like, other teams make him look unstoppable. I know. I'm like, dude, He's Ma- not Monty good. Morris doesn't have the best mid-range pull-up in the league. Can we please get a hand <laughs> up? <laughs> like, <laughs> they're playing. Yeah. They get away with playing Austin Rivers, Capasso, and Monty Morris. Like, like the other 29 teams wouldn't be a lottery team if that was their backcourt. I know, and that's their top three backcourt. Yeah, without Murray, I mean, their guards look hopeless. And this is a credit to how good Jokic could be, but because he makes everything work regardless. Yeah. But I just, again, Phoenix, back to the original point, Phoenix is so consistent, so, like, we know what they're going to do. We know how they're going to play to their strengths. And everybody else in the West has question marks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I agree. It's it's tough for me. Like again, I mentioned how exciting the Eastern Conference could play out. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really see that with the West. Um, I mean, the other series obviously could be interesting, but I just right West now I don't has, see competition. Right, and the West is just so plagued with injuries, man. It's just so bad. Yeah, Warriors are missing Draymond and Wiseman still. Still haven't seen Wiseman play in a year. No Murray for Denver. No Murray for Denver. Utah, somebody gets hurt every game for Utah, it feels like. 
Uh, and no Porter Jr. either for Denver. That big, de- that's yeah. a big difference. Yeah. Clippers are missing their Everyone. whole starting five. <laughs> well, except Reggie Jackson, of course. Except Reggie Jackson, yeah. Portland is missing their whole starting five. Whoever their starting five is, they're missing like three guys out of it. Zion still isn't back. Like Dallas is healthy, but they're like they're so limited. Dallas, I mean, they get they go in and out too as far as health goes. Luca misses he'll miss a couple games and they go on a losing streak instantly. They, they also sometimes thirty. Yeah, they sometimes go on a win streak and like somebody will just play out of their mind for a couple games. Normally right, Brunson. Yeah. Right. So, I mean it's tough, man. It's tough to see because and then Memphis they lose somebody here and there, um, but it's never it's not really anyone that's overly significant. But it just makes me worry that I guess this will close it out on this. But um, if we get a finals rematch, Milwaukee will be battle tested. Mm-hmm. If if Phoenix doesn't face severe adversity throughout the playoffs. They have no chance of beating Milwaukee, and that's that's my problem. Yeah, that, and that goes back to my original point. If they if they're not out here actually improving, and that's the one thing I think the Warriors do. If Steph doesn't shoot well. All of a sudden, Otto Porter gets like a thirty minute game night, and we just it's like just to see what Otto Porter can do on yeah. our offense, and they they don't mind losing the game like that. A lot of times they don't lose it. But he doesn't mind having Poole being like the primary ball handler for the entire second half just to see how good they can get. And I think that after this all-star break, I think we see the Warriors tighten up and start beating the crap out of people because I I do think they're more or less just trying things. I think Memphis is trying things. I think Utah, they here and there, they're trying things. More We've seen more depth from them. Different lineups from them. They went ahead and traded Ingles, so they're trying to do something different, you know. If yeah. Phoenix is just, and, and I'm and I, I do want to see how some of those teams will perform in the the first couple rounds. Yeah. Uh, and and obviously there's still a little while for the season to wrap up. Some things could happen, but again, mm-hmm. I'm right now. I'm extremely confident in Phoenix coming out the West. I am too. With it, with everything I said, I still am confident with them coming out the West. I am again a credit I, to I, how good they've been. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, uh, that wraps it up for us here. Um, thank you for listening, as always. Next week we will have a little bit of college basketball to talk about. March Madness coming is coming, up. coming fast. Uh, We'll have All Star Break to talk about, of course. Um, what else will we have? Is that it as far as sports, probably? Um, huh? Well, All Star Break will look a little bit different, so we'll probably have a lot to talk about just with the format and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Beyond that, I'm not really too sure. I mean, the Olympics are going on right now, but it's it's kind of weird. I haven't really paid attention to it, and I've never been a Winter Olympics fan. It's tough to pay attention to it, and I think the people who do pay attention to it don't need us to talk about it. Yeah. Because, like, if you can pay attention to that, there's nothing to break down, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like, you got it. So, um, yeah. So, as always, thank you for listening. Turn on notifications. 
follow us on the socials. Uh, and we'll see you guys next time.